What up, world? This is Flawless Road Talk, and you're watching the Dreamcatcher Show with John Bruce Rock. Let's get it. This is the Dreamcatcher Show. Each week, we bring you strategies from dreamcatchers from around the world to help you stop just chasing your dreams and start catching them. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for another amazing episode with your host, John Bourgeois. Welcome to another episode of the Dreamcatcher Show. Dreamcatchers, I need you to grab a pen and a piece of paper. I need you to get ready, strap on everything you can, get ready to take some notes and get the value out of this episode. Guys, we have got a singer, songwriter, artist, producer, rapper, the finalist on Rhythm and Flow, released over five albums, man. And the thing that resonates with me the most probably is the fact that he's a father, he's a family man. And Flawless, before we go any further, man, I want to say this. The reason, Dreamcatchers, I brought Flawless Real Talk on the show for you is because I resonate with how persistent he is, how much of a hard worker he is, how much of a fighter he is, and how much he goes after it no matter what. Flawless, I'm stoked to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, man. That was a great introduction. I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for, for doing the homework too, man, and knowing about me. You know, I, I really appreciate that. Sometimes I go into interviews and they're like, what makes you, you know, what's, what's your name and where you're from? Like, it's like, oh, man. You know? So it feels good to have somebody that's familiar with me, you know, ready to have this conversation, man. I appreciate yeah, you Absolutely. Me. Well, hey, let's do this. I know a bit of your story. Our dream catchers don't. So let's sure. go ahead and jump straight back into it. And, like, tell me where this all began. Like, what was it like growing up for you? Uh, you know, growing up for me uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, you know, we're the smallest state in the country. So it definitely, you know, um, gave me that underdog mentality, that underdog mm -hmm. presence in my personality and the way that I carry myself. When I started doing music, I first started off with poetry, you know, expressing my emotions. And then it kind of carried over into instrumentals, started creating, you know, um, uh, songs over industry beats, you know, that were out there and then just yep. kind of gradually getting into getting my own production and just moving forward into that. And um, I did the local thing for about, I would say about three to four years. Mm. And, uh, you know, we perform at local, local clubs and local bars and, and, and put on my own shows, you know, a lot of the times, man, doing these early, early shows early on, a lot of artists, they don't, they don't see the value in doing these shows weekly you know, in these places that don't have a lot of people, but they don't understand that that's all conditioning, you know, for later in life. Yeah. And for doing your shows because um, I had ended up moving to Atlanta, Georgia in 2010. I packed everything up. I said, you know, I don't see the growth happening here at a, at a rate that I needed to happen. So I'm going to go somewhere where it's a little bit bigger, more broad of a market, and I'm going to showcase my talent down there. And um, I think it worked out beautifully you know it's where I really established my company my label and really got things going and only two months after leaving Rhode Island going to Atlanta I won a competition with uh with the radio station Hot 107.9 to perform at Phillips Arena and open up for T.I. and Ludacris and um that was the turning point of everything because it was 20,000 people everybody was watching um we were kind of buzzing in in the industry at that time around atlanta when we were what we were doing we were winning a lot of competitions and um if i hadn't done all those local shows back home hmm. myself 
it was only two months removed from Rhode Island, you know, where I was on a stage in front of 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. I would have, I would have died out there. Yeah, you know? of course. And um, I always think back to that of those I used to do every Tuesday and every Saturday, you know, at like a lo local, local uh, lounge. And then we started doing like Ultron Thursdays and it just started gradually happening. But if it wasn't for those, those early on days of conditioning and like just those shows that quote unquote don't matter, I wouldn't yeah. have been ready for those big opportunities. So I just wanted to just say that to any artist that's coming up, take every show, get all the practice that you can, because when that opportunity strikes, you have to be ready. You never know Absolutely. when it's going to be right. You know? Absolutely. And I've got a question for you. Those, those Saturday shows, those Thursday shows, like how many people were you performing to? Well, I never, I never, um, as a local artist, I never would chance that. I never okay. would um, go to a show and pray that people were there. What I would do is I would throw a party at my house. And this is, you know, this is facts. People from my city. This is awesome. Know, I would throw a party <laughs> at my house and disguise the show with a party. And what I would do is I would get liquor. We would have, you know, everything everybody needed there. The women, we'd, we'd all have, I'd have everybody meet me at my house. Yep. And then what I'd do is I'd tell everybody we're going to a club where I'm going to perform. And the tickets are $5.00. And I would sell the tickets at my house. Hmm. So realistically, when we pulled up to the venue, the place was empty. <laughs> I would bring my own crowd, rock the show, and then leave. You know That's I mean? awesome, man. But it was a statement to building my value because yeah. if, I, if I tell everybody to go there and then I show up, the promoter or whoever's running that club can just say those people showed up because of his promotion. Mm. Now, if I bring, physically bring these people and bring these tickets in hand and show them that this money's coming directly from me, it builds my value to say, hey, maybe you should pay me a certain amount of dollars to come and do a show. And then these people will come directly here and you might make some money. And mm. it was an ability to, to leverage um, my worth, you know, so mm. to speak, in that, in that sense. Because when I wasn't on that bill or that open mic, so to speak, it was a dead night. Yep. So say, yo, let's put Flawless on because he's going to bring it. He's literally going <laughs> to you know? That's awesome, man. That's so cool. You know, how I long did you know, how long did you know you wanted to be an artist? Um, the moment I left for Atlanta, to be honest. Um, oh, really? When I was doing all the stuff here, it was fun. You know, I was expressing myself. We ended up gaining a little bit of notoriety and it's a small state. So, you know, it didn't take a lot to kind of like, you know, just be known in our city. Um, but I just felt like I was hitting a wall where, like I, like I said, I was bringing the crowd. So I'm like, mm. okay, I'm going to be 40 telling everybody to meet me at my house if I keep it up. <laughs> you know I mean? So it, it was like I needed to make a drastic decision whether I was going to pursue education because I'm very educated as well. I took education very seriously. Um, and uh, whether I was going to pursue education or whether I was going to go ahead and, and do this music, which is my passion, which I mm. love to do. So um, the moment that I decided, you know, I'm going to pack everything, I'm going to go down to Atlanta. Don't, I don't know why I decided Atlanta opposed to New York. I felt like maybe New York had a lot of, like, rappers similar to me that, were, that weren't really getting notoriety. So I was like, you mm -hmm. know what? I'm going to go somewhere where it's so different that I'm either, it's either going to work or it's not. And Atlanta at that time was becoming like the mecca of music. It was really yep. like blowing up. And um, it really worked out, man, going down there and uh, being different because 
I really showcased my skills and um, it really it really benefited me to be down there and showcase everything with more opportunity. But I think the moment that I decided to move out there was like, all right, are we going to really do this or are we, are we just having fun? Because if we're just having fun, cool. Then we're going to go to school. You can do this on Wednesdays and Saturdays, Tuesdays and Saturdays. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> but if you really want this, we got we to gotta make a drastic decision right now on what we're going to do to, to, to really make this happen. Like, you know what I mean? To really, really, you really want to make it. That's, that's the question I ask myself. And, um, you know, it's been 10 years, literally, this is the 10th year from that, from that decision that I made that decision to move. And my life has never been the same, you know, ever since then, I think about whether I would have never made that decision where I would be. Hmm. You know? hmm. Did you put a timeline on Atlanta? Like, did you yeah. say, I'm going to go down to uh, Atlanta if it doesn't work out after X amount of months or X amount of days? Like it's yes, done. I, I put a timeline on my career. I honestly oh, really, put, yeah, my entire career. I put a timeline because um, one thing that that is important when you're coming up is the studying of the game. A lot of people don't study the business of, of music. This is the music business. It's a music industry and it's a music business. A lot of people know the industry. They 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 you know some of it. They know about the music. They know about social media. They 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 try to do that, but a lot of people don't learn the business. You know, and I think. Knowing with age, you know, the chances of, of becoming what I, I want to be is going gonna, is gonna to diminish. I said, you know what, if I, if I turn 30 and I don't see any progress, then I obviously should go back to school because I still have time mm -hmm. to, to, to at least, you know, salvage my life, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. Because nobody wants to be a 45-year-old local rapper. <laughs> bringing the party bringing the party to your local club yeah this is just real talk you know yeah. um me being young 21 years old doing that it's, it's, it's nothing you know what i mean but i can't be 40 trying to trying to mm. sing this tune so for me it was more about um understanding my mentality and this is important this is important too like the moment i stopped saying i need a deal i need a deal mm -hmm. i need a deal was the moment I stopped driving myself crazy. Hmm. Because you look at you look at the final product. You look at you selling out arenas and, and, and you see Drake, you know what I mean, in, in the middle of an arena and they're, they're going crazy and you're like, yo, I want that. But you don't think about everything it's going to take to get there. So not focusing on those small steps is get makes things become overlooked and you just start getting frustrated with you not being where the top of the top is. So I started to say, okay, what am I going to do today? What, what can I literally do today? I can't do that today. So what are we going to do today to get closer to that? And I started going day by day. And the moment that I started doing day by day, like, what are we doing today? Okay, we didn't do nothing to progress today. Mm -hmm. and that allowed me to hold accountability for my work ethic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know I mean, did you progress towards your dream today? Did, what did you do to help you get closer to that? Because you keep bitching about not being there. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing? So the day-to-day -day makes everything worth it. Makes everything. And then you look up after a year, you're like, oh, shoot, we just did all that. Cool. I can see it closer now. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Head down. Back to That's awesome. You know Dreamcatchers, I, mean? I want you to catch something right there. Oh my yeah. gosh, flawless! You you dropped some fire right there, and I gotta, I gotta, guys, I need you to hear the moment he stopped focusing on the deal or becoming Drake in front of everybody, right? And the moment he stepped away and went, "What can I do today? The small steps to get me closer to the bigger dream?" Was the yeah. moment things changed for him because then he's able to see every single day, "Am I getting one step closer to the dream?" 
or am I just bitching about the dream and then never trying to go after it and make it happen? For you, Flawless, you mentioned that you needed to see progress. What did, what did that actually look like for you? When you went down to Atlanta, what did progress in your mind, what, what did that have to be? Um, I was more in it at that time for notoriety. Like I really okay. just wanted, I wanted the, the, I wanted, I felt like, you know, I felt like when, when I get to a point when I drop my music and I feel like it matters, like when mm. I drop something and it, it feels like it matters, you know, dropping a video and getting a couple hundred views, it just feels like it doesn't, like it didn't matter. Like, okay, yeah, I of course. A video, I didn't really do anything. Like nothing really happened. So the moment it started to matter, you know, and then we went out there and right away, you know, thank God I went out there and immediately started winning competitions. Like immediately I started winning maybe like 10 competitions, small ones, you know, with like free studio time or like, you know, $250 or $1,000. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Wendy, the, the uh, Phillips Arena competition was through Wendy's. You had to go to a Wendy's um, restaurant, buy something from Wendy's, write <laughs> your name on the back of the receipt. After you write your name on the back of the receipt, you put your name in the jar and then the radio station picks a name or like five names and then yeah. those people audition. So there's no guarantee to even be able to audition for that. So, you know, um, we ended up going to the first four locations and didn't, didn't get the lines were around the block for like, for just for like a fry, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, just to get a receipt, just to get the, to be able to put your name in. And like for the fifth one, I just, I was over it. I was like, I'm not, it was like three hours away because Georgia's really spread out. So we're going to Wendy's that are like, hour and a half, hour and a half, you know what I mean? They're not doing like Wendy's that are street apart, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm going around and, and I just, I just didn't, I was just so frustrated with it. And at the time um, I was like, you know, I did four, might as well do the last one because what if, like, if I don't go and I, I'll never know, you know? So I go the last time and we get our name picked out of the hat. We audition, we end up getting into the finals, voted through like, you know, through people in the public. And, um, and then we ended up winning the, the contest and getting on, on the Phillips Arena stage. And then from then on, the radio station got behind me started giving me all of the openings like oh this one's coming this one's coming this one's coming Dude, that's awesome so i felt the momentum there going mm-hmm. on you know and then this, the turning point for me was when tech nine uh he's an independent artist out of kansas city i'm not sure if you're familiar with him very familiar with him uh, yeah. yeah yeah tech comes to atlanta i get the opening for him through the radio station um and uh he actually had to take a shit during my show right <laughs> so Nobody sees the opener, right? Your job there as the opener. And I also want to say this too to, 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 to people. When you're opening for big artists, don't worry about trying to get the big artists to see you. Your job is to steal those fans. That's all you're there for. Ooh, those that's good. Fans. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. Yeah, when you're opening for a major artist, do not worry about trying to impress the artist or you know, wait for him to wonder if he's in the building watching you. Your job is to steal the fans that are there to see him and make sure they remember you when they leave. That's your job. Don't worry about the bigger artists. So I'm up there killing it. We shutting it down over there, right? And he's walking through the crowd. He just stops, watch the rest of the show. Didn't even go to the bathroom. Comes up to me after the show. He's like, yo, I don't know who you are. I don't care. I'm doing 48 cities. If you can figure out how to get from city to city, you can come on the tour. Dude, now that's like, awesome. When was what? this? This is 2011. This was it. This Holy is like crap. when the movie came 
me moving. This is like fat. Like after the, the Atlanta yeah. um, stuff was just two months after I started doing all openings for the next like six seven months, and then he okay comes. okay. Now, by then I'm seasoned. Now I'm doing a lot yeah. of shows. You know what I mean? So um, and and the Atlanta scene's popping for me. You know, so um, I'm like hell yeah, tour forty eight cities without thinking of the music business. Yeah. Right. So I'm like forty eight cities. Let's go. So we start looking into like how we we get the routing, we get everything. We're like, how the hell are we gonna get from from this city? It's thirteen hour drive. Like we can't drive ourselves. We don't even have a like a reliable car that's even gonna go twenty <laughs> So that was the moment for me to realize, okay, we have to start thinking business wise. You know what I mean? We ended up finding a partner. We ended up funding a tour bus, our own tour bus. We pulled up to the, to the Strange Studios with a tour bus. Tech couldn't believe that I had my own bus. Like, he was like, you got your own bus? Like, you you riding like that? Like, he was like, I can't even believe it. Like, you, you're, so, you're so, like, polished for where you are in your career. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm. So, um, little did I know, the bus driver cost um, $1,000 a week, and the gas wasn't included in the price for the bus. Oh, you know? shit. So, um, <laughs> everything's gravy bus driver pulls over a couple of days after he's like yo i've been instructed not to move until you guys make your payment so i'm like payment we paid everything it was sixty thousand dollars for two months for of a bus mm. i'm like yo we paid everything we're we're we're, we're tapped out so he's like nah i'm supposed to get a thousand dollars a week and you guys got to get gas every week this is how much the gas is the diesel fuel this 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 so we had to hustle everything we bought i mean everything we sold in merchandise we used on gas and paying the driver, and we literally ate gas station food for the entire tour just to survive that tour and make it through city to city. And I learned a lot about the industry. I learned a lot about the business because at that point, a lot of people don't know who Tech was. I didn't really know who Tech was until I went on tour with him, and I'm seeing all of the people that love him in the Midwest, and I'm like, this guy mm. isn't technically famous yet. This is before you know, everything for the industry started opening up for him even more. Like, this was like Sixers and Sevens, right when he did the Wayne feature and everything, um, it was really starting to open up for him. And I'm like, this guy's not even famous where I'm from. He's not on TV, he's not on the radio, but he's making all this money. I'm like, I don't need a deal. I need to build a company and a business mm -hmm. baby. You know what? What's, what's the difference between those two? What's the difference between the music industry and the music business? Well, if you don't know much about the music business and you don't want to be that kind of artist, I suggest you sign to a major major label and you allow the, the music industry to be run by the label, the professionals, and that's mm -hmm. where you take the majority of the pay cut. Right now, it's ownership, equity, that's what we're all about because we want to make the majority of the money. If you're an independent mm -hmm. artist, you're, you're an independent artist and you get to keep all of the revenue, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to do the responsibilities that a label would do if you were on a label. The whole point of you keeping the money is because you're going to do the work that they're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. So for me, the business is about learning how to merchandise, how to promote, you know, how to market, how to be able to brand yourself and be able to make money and create equity with your brand and then keep all of that equity and use that equity to put it back into your business. Like for me, you know, ever since that moment that I went on tour with tech, we were completely broke. You know, we didn't have no money at all after that tour like it was like okay what do we do now so what we did was we just we, we we made some connections with some other artists on his label we were like yo you're going to do let's do some shows together we were already kind of popping off of the shows that we did 
So we hit Stevie Stone up, we hit Mayday up, we hit the people on his label and was like, yo, let's let's do a run. They were like, yeah, let's do a run. So we were able to keep that momentum going. Now we start making a little bit of money, you know, we mm, start selling mm. orders, you know, and then after that tour, there's markets that won't book you. A lot of artists say, oh, I can't get booked. I can't book a tour. I can't get booked in the city, right? For example, we'll use uh, Minnesota for an example. We wanted to go back to Minnesota. We killed it with tech, but the promoter's like, yeah, it was with Tech Nine, you know. What you do? <laughs> so I said, all right, I'll tell you what, we're gonna come for free. We're gonna come for free. We're gonna do a show, book the show, we're gonna promote the show, we're gonna come for free. We went there, we we, we sacrificed our own plane money, we our own hotel money, you know, we got us a cheap hundred dollar hotel, we shared the room, and then four guys in one room, man, you sleep on the floor, you sleep on the floor, like they, that's how it goes. We sacrificed that time and that money. We went there, we sold fifteen hundred tickets, we got no money. We sold the little venue out, you know what I mean? We shut it down. I turned around, I looked at the promoter, I said, hey, we'll be back in three months and you know what it is. That's it. Three months later, we were back there with $5,000 guaranteed and mm. we had a little bit of a bigger venue. We ended up doing 2,000 kids. Now, Minnesota's one of our markets. Boom. Nice. Times you have a tour, you know what I mean? In the meantime, while you're, so like 2010, 2011, as you're doing like these free tours, free shows, like Minnesota, perfect example. Are you also working flawless or, well, or what, are you, what are you doing yeah, at that I was, time? I was doing overnight um, uh, uh, unloading of trucks, right? So um, my friend of mine, one of my best friends that I know since I was a kid, he, um, he does um, lumping. So he, he unloads fruits and vegetables off of a, of a tractor trailer and he gets paid cash. It's overnight, and he's my friend. So I knew with the, with the sacrifice of everything that was going on, we didn't have a lot of money coming in. There was no money coming from music. Spotify wasn't mm -hmm. even a thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't mm -hmm. even a thing. Like, we were still Facebook. Like, Instagram was just coming out, like, type yep. stuff. And um, there was no money really in that. So I said, um, what, by the way, once I started touring, too, I moved back up north. Okay, gotcha. I started going back to Atlanta and just working on music in the studio and I was yep. just touring. So I was like, you okay. know what, I can do this anywhere in the world. I'm gonna go closer to my family, back up north. That's what nice. allowed me to. Nice. So then once I got back up north and I said, I need to figure out money because I'm sacrificing money. I'm also spending my own money to keep this thing moving, but I see the progress. So I'm not gonna stop now. I'm gonna find a way to keep things going. So I started working overnight because I said, if I work all day, I can't be in a studio, I can't create, I'm gonna be tired when I get out of work. It's just not gonna work out for me in that aspect. So I decided to do a 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. shift. So I would sacrifice the sleep from 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. work, then come home and get in the studio and at least try to do one song a day. I would always tell myself just, even if it's something we don't put out, just do one song a day, like get something done a day and just to keep the progression going. And, and if we do that in a month, we'll have 30 songs and we could choose the best 12 and we got a project. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. how I used to always mm -hmm. do it. And I sacrificed the sleep overnight. And I would always like, let's say I'll go to bed at midnight, like knock out like 1130 midnight, wake up at three, go to work, stay up in the studio, work all day, do the same thing. I would do that for like three days and then crash one day where my body would just of course, crash. Yep. I yep. and I just get <laughs> but it was like, it was, it was like routine for me. Like my boy yeah. would know. Uh, you go, you gonna crash today? You think you gonna get in there today? Now nah, you gonna crash? Like, you know, the, the sacrifice of like, I didn't want to sacrifice the daytime hours. So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sacrifice the sleep, and I'm gonna work while you sleep. I'm gonna work, and then when you mm. get out, I'm still gonna work. I work. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, that was like, 
my mentality. I was so hungry because of where I came from. Plus, being back home also gave me more hunger because people didn't understand why I was back home. They just thought things didn't work out. Oh, me, yeah. I knew what I was doing. You know, it was better for me mentally to be closer to my kids. I could work in the studio. I'm still touring. I could run my business now from here. I figured it all out. The Atlanta portion of my life and my career was already kind of like, I, what I did, it worked. So now I'm here. I'm back now. You know what I mean? And um, it allowed me to kind of dictate from there. And uh, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. How much, of a, how much of a driving force are your kids? Oh, they're everything. I mean, um, the biggest fear for me was, I had my first daughter at a very young age. You know yep. I, mean? I, was, I was just about turning 16. Like I was about to be 16. I had just turned, so I can't remember if it was like 15 or 16, but I was so young that at the closer I, I kept progressing, I, my daughter kept getting older. I'm like, if my daughter turns 18 or 16, 17, and I'm still like trying to make it, she's going to be embarrassed by me. Like I already mm -hmm. knew, I already knew kind of like what it was going to be. Like I, I can't allow my kids to grow up and see that I didn't make it. And then like, I'm still trying. It just, it just didn't. And even though now, like I'm still trying to get to that level, but they, yeah. they, they more than see like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with the show, like it really did amazing things for not only just my career, but for them to see, like for them to be flown out to LA, you know, for yeah. like a show and like the way everything was just presented, they were like, oh my God, like you did it. Like, this is incredible. You know what I mean? This Cardi is dad. B, like, this is dad. This is what dad's been yeah. going after. Yeah. Yeah. Like Cardi yeah. B like, hugging my dad, like telling us how great he is. Like, that's crazy to us. Like it was, it was, it was everything, you know? How did you how did you get onto Rhythm and Flow? Tell me that story. Um, rhythm and Flow was interesting because first, 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 I want to say that the same thing with the shows. I want to say where, where every show matters, every move also matters, right? Because, Absolutely. Yes, because um, something as small as an artist, shout out to Frank Finesse from New York. He contacted me because I had put up a freestyle on my Instagram, which is my consistent freestyles, which eventually mm -hmm. somebody heard it. That was, that was, you know, that was somebody that could help me. So let's say he, he took one of my freestyles and he showed it to DJ Clue. And he said, yo, this kid is crazy. So Clue calls him and says, yo, I need you to come down and do this freestyle for Power 105 Clue Radio. I'm like, let's get it. Go down there, kill it. Shut it down. I take that. I give the off, uh, the footage comes out, it's, it's going crazy online. And I've been wanting to do the BT Cypher forever. Like it's been a goal of mine, like a, like a, you know, like a bucket list thing of mine. And um, I had, a, I had, I had some management that had come in that was like connected in like LA. So I'm like, yo, if you got connections, you know, try to get me on a Cypher. Like if, if you don't do nothing else for me, if you could get me on a Cypher, that's like everything for me. Here's this clue footage. I just killed DJ Clue. Try to use this footage to send it whoever you can. You know what I mean? Whatever. So he submits the Clue footage to whoever he got. Calls me up. I'm in the Hamptons doing a show with Fat Joe. He calls me up. He's like, I got the cipher. I'm like, no way. He's like, yes. It's, it's tomorrow. You got to get on the floor. <laughs> get out of here. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I bet. So I'm in a, I'm in a plane. I'm right. I'm, I'm so gassed. We're taking shots on a plane. I'm just so happy. You know what I mean? We get there, we pull up. The lady's like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy that you decided to participate in this year's digital cypher, right? So I look at, I look at my guy, I'm like, did she just say digital cypher? Because I... <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know? So I'm like, I call my, I call my dude up. I'm like, yo, you fucked up. Like, you know what I mean? This is not the cipher. This is this is the digital cipher. And like I I look at the no disrespect to like the lineup, but I look at them. I'm like, this is not the look I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Mm. This is not what I was like. This is not why I came on my own dime to LA. Which at that time I don't remember what was going on, but the flights were so expensive, and it was like an overnight thing. So it was like mm. I need a flight tomorrow. I, I think we I don't even know paid like maybe four four or five grand just to get to LA. Mm. And that's a hit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For this opportunity, so I'm I'm so pissed off, and then I just sit back and I say, you know what? The same people that film this cipher have to film that film the real ciphers. They have to film this digital cipher. They're gonna see. Just do your thing, perform at a high level, and next year they're gonna know. They're gonna know. That's it. Next year, what a mindset, flawless. What a mindset, man. I checked my own ego at that moment because my ego was like, "Fuck this! I don't. I shouldn't be here." Like. And I was like insulted, but then I checked my own ego. I'm like, you in the building, bro. You always say, get me in the room. I'll take care of the rest. All right, you in the room. What are you going to do? So I humbled myself. I said, God, thank you for putting me in the room. I start focusing. I focus on the bars. I get up there. We do two takes. On the second take, I go up there, shut it down again. They like, stop everything. You out. They take me off, right? So I'm like, I'm thinking I say, I'm, I'm going through my bars. I'm like, did I say something they want me to take out? I'm like, but then they keep shooting the cypher. So I'm like, oh shit, did they bump me? Like, did they cut me from this shit? So they pull me into the office. They're like, yo, man, your performance is so strong. We're going to put you on a TV cypher. So I'm like, right now? They're like, right now. So they, they, they leave me off the digital cypher. They hold me in the room. The next cypher, the TV cypher's come in. The room switches. Boom. You see label execs that you are familiar with. You see mm-hmm. people that are coming in like, oh, I'm in the room room. I'm in the room, room, room. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we go in there, they put us in a cipher. We shut down the cipher. That's where the Netflix people were there. Huh. So they, after the cipher, they come up to me. They're like, please tell us you don't have a deal. So I'm like, I'm independent completely. Da-da-da. They're like, we're, 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 we're from a streaming company. We're doing a hip-hop competition show. They didn't say nothing about Cardi. They didn't even say Netflix, nothing. They were just like, would you be interested in auditioning? If you're not on a label or anything, you know, you can audition. I was like, yeah, TV, streaming company. And all I heard was streaming company. I was like, either Hulu, Netflix, something. It's exposure. Let's get it. I'm with it. Mm. I'm already getting this. I've, I, now I'm trying to get my money's worth for the flight, right? Because I don't pay so much. To I'm like, oh, I get this. I'm happy now. You know? so, um, so they just gave me all the information. I ended up going to New York and auditioning for the producers at first. And they, they, just, they just kept it like streaming uh, Netflix hip-hop competition series on, on the streaming platform. And then after like two auditions for producers, they called me and it was like, all right, you're going to audition for Cardi B. I'm like, Cardi B? I'm like, Cardi B's going to hate me. Like, I am, I'm everything Cardi B. She's going to fall asleep while I'm on stage. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not what Cardi likes. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm a more like, you know, uh, I just feel like I have more content. So I'm not like today's rappers. Is where yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So I was real nervous about auditioning for Cardi. And then... um. When I heard that Jada and Fat Joe were there, I'm like, oh, there's a balance, there's a balance, you know? Maybe she might fuck with me if, if they like me, you know? But she ended up loving me, and we ended up having such a great relationship and growing in such a great connection. It was such a blessing, you know? But that's how that came about. But the, what, I, what I wanted to say, the reason why I said all that leading up to the um, show is because the smallest thing of DJ Clue hitting me and me taking that, yeah. you know, and 
the guy the guy hitting me up and saying, "Yo, I your bars are fire." Showing my freestyle, it led to the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Like step by step of of little things happening, it led to the grand scheme of things of what was really God had planned for me. So I thought it was dope. I want to jump into Flawless. I want to jump into a little bit of like your mindset is so amazing. Like honestly. It's unbelievable. And I want to kind of, because like where we're at right now, where you and I were talking about it off camera, everybody's in quarantine at the moment, you know, lockdown. You've got people that are afraid that they might not be getting their jobs back, whatever that be. You had to go through, even on the show and even right now as an artist, you have had to go through setback after setback after setback. Like I personally believe, and I'm not going to say who I think should have won that show. It's you, by the way. Um, but (laughs) needless to say, you had your own setbacks, right? You went, you performed your heart out and it wasn't the result that you were going for, looking for, hoping for. So how do you deal with setbacks where it's not what you were expecting? You put your heart, sweat, blood, and tears into it and it doesn't come out exactly what you were expecting. I'm glad that you asked that because, um, we actually have a documentary coming out on a streaming platform. Oh, Um, cool, man. That's awesome. uh, it's about all of the setbacks during this journey because I've actually been from the, but just to throw the sidebar in there, from the moment I decided to move to Atlanta was this moment I decided to buy a camcorder too. And I, I oh, have very cool. everything from 2010 on now, all of the footage of everything that we've been doing, um, every tour, everything that we've done, you know, it's amazing, nostalgic, watching it back now, putting the doc together. Um, but the rhythm and flow result was kind of like, of course, right? Like with, with with my journey, it was it was mm. like, of course I would, of course, do everything right, not mess <laughs> up, you know, win every challenge and don't yeah. win. Of course, of course, right? It it just fits my narrative so perfectly. But um, it really is more drive because it actually puts a more of a chip on my shoulder and that underdog mentality that I was born with. It mm. just continues to feed that, you know. And um, with, with, with what I did on the show and knowing that there was a possibility, because honestly, do, going the way that I did on the show and doing what I decided to do on the show, yeah. it, uh, it was because of me knowing there was a possibility of me already knowing I wasn't going to win. Huh. And it was like, how can we win no matter what? Mm. I said, I'm not going to make this because there was like, you know, they were really pushing like fireworks and they're pushing dancers and they're pushing certain things on us to do for the finale. And I'm like, um, how do I tell them? No, I'm Mm -hmm. going to do what I want to do. And how do I make the moment mine? And something that T.I. said to us on the sidebar, he said, yeah, I want you to act like, this is your first Grammy performance. And it stuck with me. And I said, you know, if I, if this was my first Grammy's like performance or, 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 you know, appearance, what would I want to say? And then I wrote the record on my way. And it was more about letting people know my journey, making it a tribute to my family, um, sticking to my roots of what I know, not going out of character trying to have some dances up there and do a song that isn't me. And then I would have I would have just cringed at that whole episode and then not win anyway. So it was like, you know what? 
I got to make sure that my head's up high and I'm proud of this moment regardless of the result. And the only way for me to do that is to, is to make the moment about me. It's not about yep. the three of you because this is a very uh, objective, uh, um, opinionated show. It's three people. This wasn't America voting. This wasn't, this is three people. You know what I mean? So like, I try to tell that to the people that were eliminated too. Like, only, okay, like the three people eliminated you doesn't mean the world doesn't love you. Like, yeah, of course. The opinion of three people. So I knew that the opinion of three people might not be in my favor. So I made the moment about me, about my legacy, my family. And now I'm so proud of that moment, regardless. Like, I feel like I won anyway. You know what I mean? That's one of my favorite songs, Follows, that you do. Um, there's, I mean, there's a number of other ones, but man, that hits me hard as a father going after my own dreams and constantly like th more times than not, I look at my dreams and I go, I got this, we're going to make this happen. But there is that 20% that's like, well, are, do you have it a hundred percent? Like, are you going to be able to show your kids exactly what you say you're going to accomplish? And to be able to hear that song and have your kids in the audience and watch the emotion that you had, unreal, man. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the Dreamcatcher show was because that spoke to me so hard. But also to watch you after, because Dreamcatchers, if you're not familiar with the show, I highly recommend you go back and watch it and definitely listen to Follow Real Talks music. Like it's unreal. But to watch you on social media, after everybody knew that you didn't win the competition, you went hard. You kept releasing and kept filming and kept freestyling and you went hard. You didn't pull back and go, ah, oh, well guys, you see I didn't win and uh, I'm gonna go sit on the couch and watch Netflix the rest of the year. You yeah, went yeah, hard. Yeah. And that's the yeah. same thing you're doing right now. Has there, been, has there been somebody that has been like a mentor or anybody? Like, where did you get the, the mindset of, I don't care. I don't care what sort of setbacks happen. I'm going to keep going after it. I honestly, I couldn't tell you, man. Um, I don't have a mentor. You know, I didn't really have a father figure growing up. Um, I, think, I think it's just never wanting to just say that the doubters were right. It, it's just, honestly, it's just that. like never wanting to just say, you know what, I, I can't do this. Like, it's just, it's just impossible for me to even fathom. And like, even when I said, like, I put a timeline on my career, like, I can't say that I would have stopped if I didn't see the progress. Yeah. I can't say that. You know what I mean? I just, it's just a fire inside of you. And if you really live with this passion, you know what I mean? It's just a different fire and it's, it's impossible to put out, bro. Like, I just... I can't, and like a lot of people like with this show too, like with that, a lot of people don't understand what we went through with the show, like the mind games that were being put on behind the scenes and like the politics that go on with a show like this and, and American Idol and stuff. But shows like American Idol and The Voice, they're singing songs that are already out there in the yep. world that are, yep. that, are, that are hits that are loved by the world. We had to create this content. Yeah. You understand? Like, I had to write for Beans the night before after they filmed us for 12 hours in a red room with all red lights and didn't let us write and didn't let us go back to the hotel and then dropped us off at one in the morning and we had a 6 a.m. lobby call and nobody ate and nobody, like, I had to write for Beans in the middle of that night and memorize those bars and then go through what they put us through day of and then go and battle. Like, 
we had to create that content and remember that content. It, it's hmm. so different than anything else that's out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really is. Well, what's, what's next for you? Like, obviously, we're, we're in a season right now that's a little, we don't know when it's going to let up. But what's next for you? Um, unfortunately, I should be on my world tour right now. Um, mm. We had, you know, a lot of dates all around the world already booked and guaranteed uh, shows in Canada, you know, New Zealand and uh, Australia. And, and, and this has put a real hold on everything. That's of course going it has. On. And um, it's about being productive as, as much as I can. Um, knowing that people are sitting home allows for certain collaborations, allows for certain producers that are kind of like unreachable at certain times are now reachable. You know, I'm using this time to really make those connections because we're all in the same situation and um, create new music, new content for when we are released. Um, like I said, we had the documentary coming out. We will be, you know, once we're able to tour, we will be touring all around the world and seeing the fans that are, that are following us now and um, continuing to push out great music, you know, and, and for me, it's about sustaining and about longevity. And we still have Team Rise, you know, we have our own label. We're very proud of everything that we built and um, we're going to continue to just keep building. And like, if, if, I, if I tell you where I'm going to be next year, you know, I'd be selling myself short with my own mentality yeah. taking yeah. this one day at a time. Yeah. And, I'm going to do everything today to get to tomorrow and then everything tomorrow to get to the future, man. Flawless, where is the best place for our dream catchers to find you, to be a part of your world, to listen to your music? All social media is at Flawless RI. Um, a lot of people don't know the RI. It stands for Rhode Island, for where I'm from. I attach it to my name because I'm proud of that. I represent it no matter where I go. Um, so at, all social media is at Flawless RI. Um, my website is flawlessri.com, pretty consistent, and uh, that's where you can get everything, you know, social media, okay. YouTube, you can YouTube flawlessri <laughs> or flawless real talk, uh, however you prefer, and we have over 50 high quality videos and so much content on there for you guys, we have uh, five full projects on Spotify, Apple Music, and a ton of singles, and uh, we're just really happy to be here and grateful for anybody that's willing to join us on this journey, man. Awesome. Last question for you. And then I'm going to let you go. If sure. you were to bump into yourself 10 years younger and you could only give one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Mm. The women will come. The women will come after the money. Focus <laughs> on the career. Don't worry about the women. Huh? A lot of times, love gets in the way of work. Hmm. Not that it's a bad thing, but in a, in, a, in a situation, I've lost a lot of relationships because of my work. And, and relationships I had no business being in because I knew what it was going to take to be this dedicated and this driven. And if I couldn't give that to the other person, I shouldn't have even been dealing with that. And, hmm. and, put, and it doesn't mean you can't have fun, you know, but... If you're really serious and, and, and you know it's going to take a lot of your time of what you're trying to do, maybe wait on love and, 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 and establish yourself in what you want to do, whether it's school, you know, focus on school, focus on college. If you're going to college and you just graduated high school, if, if you want to pursue a music career, anything that you want to pursue, it's going to take time and dedication. So 
just know that there's a time and place for everything. And sometimes rushing into things might hinder other things. Like me, I had a kid at 15 and it, it really hindered me a lot. And I had to work a lot harder to get to where I am today. Opposed to if I was just a young kid with no no family, I could be living anywhere. I could be in LA, yeah. right? doing whatever. Yeah. You know, so just an example of that. But that's, I think that's the advice I would have given myself because I was like a real lover boy early on. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> would have just been like yo you really have a future here you know focus on your career and um that will come you know so that's that's what i would have told myself awesome man well i just want to say again i want to say for myself today i have taken thorough notes and i got i got a lot of value out of this and i know our dream catchers did as well i just want to say again follows thank you so much for jumping on the show it has been unreal having you on Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to stay tuned in to you guys. I'm going to follow you. Make sure I stay tuned in, man. Make sure you guys uh, keep keep reaching out to me and let's keep in touch. Awesome. Dreamcatchers, I need you to do me a favor. Obviously, you're already subscribed to the show. You've left your five-star reviews. I need you to go and give Flawless Real Talk some love. Like, yeah. go and listen to his music. Go and share his music. Like, go and watch his documentary that's going to be coming out. Like, make sure we blow him up. On top of that, what I want you to do is, if this episode right here brought you value, I want you to find another dream catcher and I want you to share it with them and let them know why you think it's gonna bring value to their lives as well. Guys, we'll see you on the next episode.